Hello. Been a while since I've been up here. I'm feeling kind of rusty, creaking along here. And I don't know if that's because it's been a while since I've been up here. It's because maybe I'm 10 years older. I don't know. But anyhow, I'm Gary Melport. For those that don't know me, um, I have a heart for Helps Ministry. How many knows what Helps Ministry is? How many can define Helps Ministry? Raise your hand if you can define it. Not a lot of hands going up, you know, and, and, and it's really various, a very simple, godly concept. It is, helps ministry is the body of Christ, amen, and the body functioning. And God meant for it to be that way. He designed it that way, amen. amen. How many of you know that God is God of order? Yes. How many of you know that this is the funnest church in Sault Ste. Marie? Yes. That this is the greatest place to go in Sault Ste. Marie to just have a good time in the Lord, amen? But in all of that, in all of that, God is a God of order. When you see these kids up here running around with flags and doing their thing and, and having a great time and everybody laughing and fellowshipping, you know, some people might even, it's been complained about that maybe there's some disorder in the church, but I would say that no, that's God's order. It's God's order. It's God's order that we, that we, that church is fun. And that it, but it's organized and that it's, it's done rightfully and wholly. Amen. How many of you know that when these kids are, are running around here and having a good time and we're all heaping and hollering that there's holiness in that? Yeah. Not religion, amen? amen? Let's see if we can push that religious stuff back. Yeah. But holiness is God's people having a great time. And who's responsible for God's people having a great time? Helps ministry. The body of Christ, amen? Us. You know, I, I almost was going to have the ushers come down and put this pulpit down here because that's where I belong. I'm not called to the five-fold ministry. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, a teacher, but I can teach. Uh, I'm, not a, you know, I'm not a prophet. I belong down here with Helps Ministry. That's who I am. And so does every five-fold minister. Nobody is exempt from Helps Ministry. Nobody is exempt from the body of Christ. We all just have different functions. Let's look at, um, let's start in Hebrews chapter 10. We'll get a little word in here so everybody knows I'm telling the truth. Because how many of you know this is the truth? Yeah. Amen? I'm used to having that microphone on, so now I'm one-handed preacher here. Gonna get there. Huh? No. No, thank you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, we're gonna start in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unwaverly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how many, and I think the King James says provoke, spur one another on toward love and good deeds or good works, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more you see the day, as you see the day approaching. What day? 
is coming, amen? The rapture of the church. That's the day he's speaking of there. That's instructions. It's instructions for us to meet as a body, amen? It's not, it's not mandatory. It's not a, you know, we don't, we're not saved by works. We're saved by faith, amen? So if, if you decide not to come to church, that's not going to keep you out of heaven. But he instructs us uh, in love to gather together, amen? Yes. And for what reason? To fellowship, to encourage, to uphold one another, Amen? To support one another. Bang, helps ministry. Amen? You see it? Do you see it? We, and you know what? It's not, I, it's, I wasn't called to help you and you and you. I was called to help you and you and you, and you were called to help me. Amen? So it's a two-way ministry helps ministry. It's the greatest ministry in the, in, in, in the kingdom. It's how the body functions. And it's kind of neat, because when I asked you, who understood what helps ministry was not a lot of hands went up. But I would guess that most of you have the revelation of helps ministry. And helps ministry is different than carnal work. It's different than toiling. It's different, you know, and although it shouldn't be. When we go to our jobs, we should worship the Lord with our hands. We, we should work as unto him, amen. Uh, boy, I see a lot of young people, especially today, and this bothers me, and I don't blame young people for this. I blame a whole bunch of things, parenting, the way we've done things in the past. But kids, you know, I, I went to a labor summit and I was told that my generation lived to work. This generation works to live. And I think it would be good if we could find a happy medium. I think it would be good if young people started going to work again, and some do, excited about their job. Except because that is... That's body, it's worship, amen? It's worship, it's a witness in, in, in out there. When young people go to work and they're excited about what they're doing and they're, and, they're, and they're excited about their accomplishments and they share that with the people around them, that lifts and edifies everybody, amen? Helps ministry is important. And it's, it's not just here in the church. As a matter of fact, it's least here in the church. Now, we need to come in here and, and encourage each other. And I, I feel better when I leave church. How many agree with that? I just feel better when I leave church. I feel like somebody said something like, I love you, Gary, or I'm praying for you, Gary, or I'm believing for you. I mean, I just feel like, wow, I can do this now, you know? And that's the, we can do that outside of the church walls. We can do that on Monday morning, you know? And, and, and I'm guilty. Listen, I'm preaching not just to you, I'm preaching to me. Actually, this has been very good for me because it's gotten me back in the Word like where I belong. And uh, it's reminded me of some things, amen. I, I'm not called, um, I'm not necessarily called, I'm a bricklayer, I'm a cement finisher, I own a construction company. And, you know, I, I used to think that my call is to lay block and brick and finish cement, and that was my deal, right? So, and I had a, I had a and I was, I was king of it. I was the best there was in my mind. <laughs> and my, and my, my throne was a bar stool, uh, in a couple of bars downtown, and you know, if you didn't know, I would make you very aware of the fact that I was the best thing since popcorn when it comes to the construction industry, amen? It wasn't true. I was actually kind of average, you know, but what I was and what I was called to was a leader, amen? Yes. I'm a pretty good leader, you know, I'm pretty good at taking people and, and delegating and, and getting things done. So while I was wasting all my time on my throne at the downtown or telling everybody how perfect I was, things were falling apart because I wasn't doing what God had called me to do, which was to organize those people, amen? Yeah. 
Now, in the, and that's where I've learned really the most. I've taken the principles in the Bible on helps ministry and applied them to my business, and it's done nothing but good for me. Now, every once in a while, Gary gets a little backslidden. You know, gets a little excited about maybe making some money or doing this or doing that and falls away from those things, amen? My language gets a little worse. You know, you know what happens. I'm not, you know, this is no secret to nobody in this church, I don't believe. I mean, we all, we kind of fall to the wayside, right? And then something will happen that will yank me back. I'll get into this word. I'll start looking at these principles again and I'll reapply them and things get better again. I've taught my son this. My son, excellent bricklayer, excellent cement finisher. But I've told him, it's not so important that you are the best. It's that you recognize the best. Amen? And, and what, I would tell you, what I would tell you is that when we do that in the church, when we find out people that are excellent at things, and nobody better knows that than you, because God's talking to you. Every one of you is, oh, I don't hear from God. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. I don't, even, I don't believe that for a minute. Everybody here hears from God. You might, not, you might not recognize it or understand it or whatever, but you hear from him. There's things that, make, that, that, there's things that bear witness with your spirit. There's things that you find yourself agreeing with in your thoughts, good things. That's God talking to you. Now, there's things that are kind of negative in your thoughts and things that you may not agree with. Those are evil thoughts. That, that comes from a different area. A, a different spiritual realm, not, not a godly one, amen? So we need to bend our ear toward God to find out what it is that he wants us to do. And I'll tell you what it is he wants you to do. What's your best at? Yes. Nobody better knows that than you do. Now, the other thing I see in, in the church that, that kind of bothers me a little bit is people say, well, you know, Pastor Scout hasn't asked me to do what I'm good at, or, or, or Davine hasn't asked me to do what I'm good at. Guess what? Remind them that you're good at something. Or just do it. Amen? Or just do it. Because the most important part of health's ministry is outside the walls of the church. Amen? I think I'm going to run out of time because i got one scripture read and, and, and I'm nowhere. Let's go to Romans. And we're going to Romans, uh, I think it's chapter uh, 12. 12.1. This is a good scripture. This is a very famous scripture in the Bible. Uh, it's one we should all live by. Amen. Amen. Okay, therefore I urge you, brothers, and remember we read uh, in, the, in Hebrews, to provoke each other to love and good works. Amen. So I'd like to re just replace that word real quick. Therefore, this is NIV. Therefore I urge you, or therefore I provoke you. I provoke you, uh, brothers, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Wow. Helps ministry is worship. And I would say the ultimate act of worship. I love it. I love coming in here and getting with Jamie and, and his team and worshiping the Lord. I enter in. It's good for me. Again, I feel better. But it doesn't have to end in that 30 to 40, you know, 30 minute process. It can go on. Worship is, is, is a lifestyle, amen? It's, it doesn't end because the song ended. We just keep on going. We keep on going. How, how many of you feel better when you do something for somebody and it helps them and you see them smile and it brings relief to them? That helps ministry, you know? Or we can build something or work on something, care less about it, 
and there's no satisfaction. Amen? It's the difference. And let's read on. It says here that do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, the culture of Sault Ste. Marie, the culture of Brimley, the culture of Rudyard, the culture of St. Ignace. Don't conform to that culture anymore. But, but and it goes on to say, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test to prove what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. What that means is let's, not, let's, get, let's detach ourselves from the culture of Sault Ste. Marie and attach ourselves to the culture of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen? So we quit living by the standards of the world, which is let's get up Monday morning, go to work, be miserable, right? Hate this job to Friday. Get our paycheck, yay, because that's all it was about, right? Isn't that a mistake? Don't you think that's a mistake? I've been looking back at what I've built for 40 years, going out the driveway. I've turned around and looked at a brick pier I built or some concrete I've finished or something I've done for 40 years. It's a big deal to me that I do a good job, that I'm proud of it. And I've looked back a few times and went, "Uh uh-oh. I'm going to have to deal with that tomorrow morning because I don't think that looks quite right or that looks quite right. That's what works. That's what real heavenly works are. That's what helps ministry is, is that we get it right, that we please somebody or help somebody or take some um, burden off somebody. Amen? That's really all it is. And how we best do that is to do it in a way that we're best at it. And God will tell us what that is. Amen? I'm trying to speak in terms of the spiritual condition of the heart for a helps minister. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into the works of it that, you know, you need to be an usher, you need to be a greeter, you need to be this, you need to be that. I'm not going to get into the mechanics of it. I want the heart to be revelated on today, that you get the revelation of how important it is. For, you know what? If everybody in the kingdom of God, if everybody in this body, if everybody in the body universal, the church body, did what they were supposed to do, we'd be in heaven. Amen. And we, heaven, we pray that, don't we? We pray that heaven come down. Isn't that a prayer of ours, a very famous prayer? That's how it happens, is when we all start to function. When God says, go talk to that person. Or, you know, you know somebody, I've seen this so many times. There'll be a, a person in the church that's in tears, sitting in their chair. I've seen people gravitate to them, you know, and pray for them. Can I pray for you? Lay hands on them. And I've seen those people walk out the church in a lot better shape than they walked in, amen? That is the body of Christ in motion. That, and, 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 and I wonder how those people know, knew to, it wasn't because they saw the tears, it's because God went, hey, hey, that person's hurting over there. And you know what's really, really fun? Is a lot of times when that happens, the thing that that person's going through, the people that gravitate to them are, have dealt with that very same thing. They understand it, Amen. They have compassion for it. And they can minister to that person, pray for them, counsel them, and help them to feel better about where they're at and show them a way to get out of that mess. Amen? We're so powerful. You people are so powerful, especially when you start to function in your gift. Amen? Okay, so verse... uh, Verse 3, for, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with measure of faith that God has given you. Same thing. Um, 
you know, Gary on his throne. I'm the best at this. There's nobody better than me, blah, blah, blah. But boy, do I ever uh, exempt a lot of people when I do that. Amen. I need not think more highly of myself than I ought. You know what that first of all does? It makes us unteachable. Yeah. At the point that we think that we've arrived, at the point that we think we're the best there ever was, is the point of no longer being teachable. I have been taught some things. I don't know how many in here know about concrete, but they, there is a, they used to have what, rolled wire mesh. Now, I've been, and this stuff is miserable. I mean, I try to go hide someplace every time I see it come out. I mean, you roll it up, it wants to roll up on you. It's just goofy stuff. And I, a kid, probably 22 years old, I, to tell you the truth, I can't remember who it was now, but it was a young man, showed me how to do that one time when I was probably 50. And I'm th thinking, 30 years of misery with this wire, and this kid in five minutes taught me how to get free from that, amen? We have to remain teachable. And as leaders, the way we remain teachable is to do, as I said earlier, delegate. Give this, find, those, find those gifts in the church. Find those talents in the church. Find those, those people in the church that know how to do it. And then you got a leader. Pastor Scout, Jesus Christ is the leader of this church, amen? amen. God, and Pastor Scout knows that. Pastor Scout's second in command. He delegates things to us. He wants us to do things. And the way he does that is he observes. And he sees who's strong in certain areas. And what he does, and I've watched him do this, and I've learned this over time, this is a leadership practice, is that you find that gift that is very strong in an area, amen, and you submit to that gift. So you take your people, you find that gift, and you put them behind that gift, and things start getting done, amen? Or we can do it this way. I know it all. Back to this. What does what this say? Think, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. I can do it. We're going to do this my way. And we'll do everything my way. And we will go nowhere. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Are you laughing at me because I don't practice what I preach? Huh? <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> I love that girl. Probably half of what I know comes from her or more. That's, because she, she does have the gift of a teacher. And I sit in my living room and she gets her Bible out and she teaches me, teaches me, teaches me. Most of what I know about the Word of God came from my wife. I have to, I have to disclaimer. Huh? That's right. Come on, baby. <laughs> so anyhow, are you guys getting something here? Because that's really important to me. It's really important to me that we get the revelation of what the body of Christ is about. And it's, this, this is my favorite subject in the church. You know, I helped build this church. Uh, I've helped with other people's churches. You know, I've had pastors, you know, supernaturally come to me and say, look, we got a, I did a, some work on a church over here by the college, you know, where they want, they need to put some edge drain around the building. And it's just weird how people kind of seek you out because, because the Holy Ghost is knocking on their door, amen. And uh, um, it's always really intrigued me because when you do a project like this or these other projects that I'm speaking of, there's no money involved. You know, it's voluntary. On the other hand, there's prosperity involved because Scout said the other day that this is God's. This is all God's, right? Well, I got news for you. This is not just God's. It's also his body's. We're joint heirs, amen? So we as Christians, as members of the body of Christ, need to take ownership of it, amen? Because it's ours. You know, this church, I, I'm kind of baffled by it. you got to remember, when I came in here with Pastor Lou Bergman, 
uh, I was a brand new baby Christian. Didn't understand a lot of things. And really couldn't wrap my head around how the politics of it all works or the legality of it all works. You got a building here, you know, that's probably a quarter of a million dollar development. Who really owns it? God really owns it. And, and, and that's supernatural. Because if you look at the deed and abstract office, it makes no sense. I've watched this church change hands three times without any lawyers, without any court system, without any really, you know, God's got this handled. Amen? This building, as well as, which is, by the way, just a tool. You are the church, amen? We know that, don't we? We know that we are the church. This is a tool in the church, this building. It belongs to God and his body. We are the stewards over it. We need to look after it, amen? And I probably should be getting a whooping right now because there's a lot of times that I haven't looked after this, these tools the way that I should have. We probably all could take a little whooping today, right? Because we haven't done the things that God's asked us to do or, or not do. On the other hand, I don't think I've ever been in a church. Well, I've never been in a church because I've never belonged to another church besides this one. But I've been in a lot of churches. This one's impressive, really impressive when it comes to, you know, staying its course even through the change in leadership, amen? I sometimes say I think I was called geographically because I can't seem to get out of here. And, uh, and I don't really want to get out of here, but, you know, I mean, it's just a lot of people, you know, I, I don't change churches. Churches change me. You know, I, I, that's a little bit spooky. I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not the cause. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I've been through, I've been through, through three church governments here, and I've done it, me and my wife and my family, without a lot of conflict. You know, we've done what we've been asked to do by the Lord. And um, it's important that we do that again, you know. The, the, the body of Christ was never designed to have strife in it. You can read it in the Word. You study it out, you'll see it, right? We were always designed to unite. We were always designed to work together. We were always designed to be under God's order, amen? And again, you know, I've visited many churches. I've seen a lot of messes out there. Just, you know, of course, I would never stand here and tell you where I've seen those messes or anything like that. So have you. You've been in churches where there is no love. You've been in churches where there is no helps ministry. You've been in churches where there is no Jesus. Amen. Now, you want to bring Jesus into the church? Bring the body into the church. Bring, flow in your gifts. Amen. Flow in what God's given you. Get saved. Amen. Get saved. A lot of people sitting in churches. There's churches. There's bodies like this this morning. People sitting in buildings like this. Not one of them saved. It's important that we get to understand what God's up to. Amen? Relationship. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Um, I'm going to jump over because I, I think that I'm going to run out of time. So I'm going to jump over to... Um, Ephesians chapter 4. And I didn't, I think the, the, the problem I was going to have is that I wouldn't have enough time. Or uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to take up too much time, but it's going the other way. I need Jamie to come up here and flip my Bible for me. Cause I think he almost offered to do that. Uh, <laughs> God bless you, Jamie. How I many you know this is a good man? Amen. 
There, here's a man right here, Jamie. Can I, I want to lift a few people up here this morning. Be, that is uh, 150% sold out to his church, to his pastor. He's a good man. Another guy is right back there in the corner nodding his head and agreeing with me right now. Listen, this church, let me tell you something about this church. This church has a helps ministry that you guys don't even recognize because it's done that well. I got John Gorehouse here. I got uh, uh, Tom in the back there, Tom Hope, who just went through a little bit of a health glitch. Both of them did. Did you guys know that this is interesting? Uh, was it last Sunday or the Sunday before? Both these guys were out. I believe they were taken out by Satan himself. Because Satan was going to test this church and see, wow, can we get along without these two guys? Do you know why we can? Do you know why nobody even really real, anybody that doesn't know these two guys didn't know they weren't here? Because the people that were operating were operating, still remained operating under their leadership. Amen? It just kept right on going. Now, a lot of you say, well, there's the guys with the blue jackets running around, you know, with the names on them, and they ain't, they ain't really no big deal. All they're doing is, you know, maybe giving, you know, somebody a mint or, or greeting somebody. There's a whole lot more than that going on. You, as you sit here right now, are very, very safe in every way you can imagine. If there was a fire here, we have egress well under control. Doors are unlocked and locked to accommodate that. We would move you out of this building quickly and safely. I promise you that. If the God forbid a shooter came into this building, we're trained for it. Amen? Do you understand that? We are trained for it. We are trained to keep our people safe. Why do we do that? Turn on the news. You know, that's why we do that. Okay? But we work hard here. There has been a lot of training. A lot of... We, we've had... Uh, um, classes from the sheriff's department here. These, and the, when I sit and watch these guys learn these things, I sit and watch men that are not interested in anything but what's being taught. They want you to be safe. And they are stuck on it. And they want to continue to improve and do. There's meetings after meetings, door greeters, same thing. There's more to it than just shaking somebody's hand. These people are trained in the Bible. They understand the laying on of hands. They understand the healing of the body of Christ. They understand that people are coming through those doors hurting. Amen? And it is their job, along with the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ, to break the yokes of bondage on every member of this church or non-member of this church, depending on who they are, amen? There's a commission. We're commissioned to preach the gospel, to get everybody saved, amen? That's our job. That's the job of Help's ministry. That doesn't, that doesn't just, you know, that's just not a John 3.16 thing, you know? That's not all that is. That's loving people and caring about, that's that anointing that breaks that yoke. And that anointing is on the body of Christ, amen? And Jesus put it there. And Jesus put it there. We just got to line our heart up with it. Amen? It's like healing, you know. The healing was done 2,000 years ago. It lives in us. But we have to receive it. Yes. Helps us the same way. Everything in the Word of God comes by faith. Yes. Amen? Everything. Yes. There's, nothing comes by works. You get the faith. You operate on the faith. And then you go to work. Amen? Yes. Amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. No toil. Hard work, hard Christian work. Let's uh, read Ephesians uh, 4, 16. Kick me off here, Davian, if I'm running too late. 
from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each does its part. Who is God? Love. Amen? You ever notice when you read the Bible, love this, love that, love... You could say, you could replace love in every one of those sentences with God, 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 God. Love, God, love, same thing. Amen? So I tell you this. Uh, insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the fertility of their thinking. We've got to give up that old life. Amen? You can't be a helps minister and not walk in the flesh. It's, it's all going to... You're wasting your time. It's, all, it's going nowhere. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Um, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Now, they're speaking about the Gentiles. You know, this is back when the Jews were God people and the Gentiles were evil. Now, and we are the Gentiles, by the way, but God made a way for us to enter in. Amen. And how, do you, how many of you know that, that, that this, what, what I just read could be described also in a backslidden state? That we can, we can start to, to slide back to that light. You know, we were saved 10 years ago, on fire for God, wanted to get everybody saved. And over that course of 10 years, how many of you know that you can slide back? Amen. That you can quit reading the Word. That you can quit going to church. That you can quit going to places where people encourage you to be good Christians. And then what happens is we start to slide back. And that's another job of the body of Christ, to encourage. You know what? Again, i got to go back to Tom. Tom, I probably should be careful saying this, but he's certainly one of my best friends, if not my best friend. And uh, he'll tell you that there are some days that Gary is not very godly. And, uh, but the Lord fixed me because what he did is he got Tom in my employ. So when I start to fall off the godly wagon, Tom very swiftly jumps into action and frustrates me and annoys me in a great way and provokes me, amen, and provokes me to love and good works. He's never judged me. He's never gossiped about me. He's never said negative things about me. He always goes to the positive side. And some would say, boy, you're lucky to have that truck driver because he's a great truck driver. What I would say is I'm lucky to have that man of God because he has saved me more times than I want to admit. Amen? Because he's a good brother. There's a, yeah. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, restore the brethren gently. He's very good at doing that. And, uh, and I, listen again, like I said, the pulpit belongs down there where you are because that's where I belong. But um, I need that. I need that in my life. This message is being preached to me more than anybody, you know, because uh, I get off. Zach will tell you the same thing. You know, me and Zach together, we got to watch one another. We talk to you, don't we, Zach? Wow, man, we're missing it. We're blowing it. We got to get this figured out, and we'll go to prayer. Whatever we got to do to try to fix it. And uh, we're in that kind of trouble more often than I'd like to admit. We are, because that's the way the world is. It's very easy to get frustrated. It's very easy to get bogged down. Amen? Amen? You know, I mean, you know, I don't think there's any, many of us in here that are perfect, but we are in Him. But we are in Him. Excuse me? What do people do? Yeah. Yeah, they go, we go to one another, don't we? No, I mean, helping the church. They want to do something. What do they do? What process? 
Well, I think, the, I think the first thing you should do if you feel like you have a gift that's going to contribute to the church, that you should get with um, some leadership, what, maybe whatever department that's in, whether it be in, in children's ministry, I want to talk about that a little bit too, or, or the greeting ministry or the ushering ministry or so on and so forth. Go to the leadership there. And uh, there's a process, you know, I mean, you have to be somewhat vetted. We can't put, you know, kids in, our people in uh, children's ministry that haven't been properly vetted because we don't want to put our kids in harm way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a process, there's protocol. Uh, but go to the heads of those departments. And, um, uh, you know, I, for the ushering ministry and the security ministry, that would be me uh, or Tom or, or, or John. And, uh, you know, for the greet, I don't know who's in charge of the greeting ministry. Are, are you guys kind of running that ministry? Oh, Davine. So Davine's a good one to go to. Here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to go to Pastor Scout, Pastor Scout, Pastor Scout, Pastor Scout, because that guy's got a lot on his plate. And that's how the body works. It's structured. So uh, a good place to go is to me or to Davine right out of the gate. And we'll get you to the right people. Uh, to talk about it, and they'll sit with you, and they'll we'll, they'll discuss why you feel you're there, and 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 they'll it'll bear witness with them if you are truly called to that to that part of the ministry. And we need help, amen. You know what we really need help is in the children's ministry. Big every church that that's a place that so struggles. And, uh, you know, we're going to read on a little bit, or maybe we won't, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it, ta- it, tells, you, it tells you that, you know, that, that there are many parts of the body. There's the ears, there's the eyes, there's the arms, there's the legs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I'll tell you what God does. When we don't have enough ears, he'll start using some eyes because we forced him to do that. I have been an eye when I should have been an ear, in children's ministry on many occasions, because I am not a children's minister. That's not what I'm not very good at it. Although the kids love me, I'm, I, I love because I love kids. Amen. The kids, the kids love me. Well, I'm just not a good. I'm not very articulate. I'm not. Very, I'm not real good at at explaining the word to young people. Now, with that said, because of 20 years of being in the children's ministry, and ultimately, I, you know, I I have been in the children's ministry for 20 years because the ears didn't show up. You know, God, I wish the ears would have showed up. But uh, also I'm glad the ears didn't show up because just recently me and Carol did some children's ministering with the puppets. Carol, you know, acquired these puppets, I don't know, a couple, several years ago. And, I, and I'm not much of a puppeteer either. I'm actually a pretty lousy puppeteer. But the kids love me and those puppets. I go in there and I, you know, fall all over myself and make a whole bunch of mistakes. And uh, they forgive me. They forg- Not only do they forgive me, but I hear parents coming back saying, wow, they got this, or they got that, or they were so focused, or it worked so well. And maybe it was just, you know, Brother Gary being goofy. I don't know, but whatever it was, it worked. Amen? So God's going to get his way, whether the ears or the arms or whoever shows up or not. However, again, I'm going to say this, if we all do what God's asked us to do, heaven would come to earth. Amen? I mean, it would just be perfect. And, uh, and we are more and more. And that's what I love about this church, because there's more people stepping up to what they're supposed to be doing than in most churches. Amen? So this, uh, while, I'm, while I'm trying to explain one thing to you, I'm also encouraging you, because this is a church that's a little bit different. It's peculiar. God says we're a peculiar people. Amen? So we're a peculiar bunch. We seem to be kind of getting it right, you know? 
but it takes practice. Amen. Let's go to, I'm going to just jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll see if we can get through some of this. Thank you. Okay, and we're going to start, uh, see, in uh, verse 12. Okay, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. That baptism is salvation, amen. You can find it in, uh, what is it, Romans chapter, is it 10, 9 or 9, 10? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. Amen. Salvation comes by believing, like I said earlier. Everything in the Word of God comes by faith. There are so many people, lost people out there, that there's just no way in for them. It is, they've made it too complex. It's just too hard. God wouldn't do that to us. He has made it very simple. We believe in our... Listen, my father passed away... Gosh, how long ago? Several, many years ago. Excuse me. And before he, not long before he passed away, he sat in this church. Um, I see, Kathy, that's one of his granddaughters. And he, he sat in this church many services, probably 10, 12 services. Sat, he'd come and he'd sit with uh, Zach, who was, where, was Colton's age at the time, just a little guy. And one day, uh, Pastor Lou Bergman had an altar call, and Zach's grandpa looked over at him and said, do you think we should go up there, Zach? And Zach said, absolutely, absolutely, Grandpa, we should go up there. So Zach and Grandpa came up to the altar, and my dad was led to the Lord. My dad was a Catholic. And I'm, listen, I'm not throwing Catholics under the bus today, so everybody fully understand that. Catholic people are good people. Some of them are saved, some of them are not. Evangelicals are good people. Some of them are saved. Some of them are not. So I'm not beating up the Catholic Church. If that was said by anybody in here, it would be a lie. I love Catholic people. But my dad was one that was not saved. He was, not, he, he was an altar boy. He, you know, he knew the works of the Catholic Church forwards and backwards, but he never got saved. I'm not going to judge anybody as to why or why not. He didn't get saved. Maybe probably most of it was on him. But the point is, is that, that that anointing I talked about, that anointing of the body, that anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ was in the room that day. He got on my dad, and he decided to come to the altar and give his life to the Lord. And Zach came with him, and it was a, it was a moment I'll never forget. Amen? So my dad, my dad liked to drink alcohol. Never got that bondage out of the way before he went to be with Jesus. I mean, he struggled with that right to the end. Fell down the stairs actually drinking alcohol and uh, hit his head and uh, it, it injured him in a way that he, there was no coming back. So he passed away. And while we were in the hospital, and me and Carol, we stood, in, we stood believing that he would be healed. There was a lot of doubt and unbelief, doctor's reports, all kinds of stuff. In, in, long story short, it didn't, it didn't work out. He, he, he didn't come back. But he did head to heaven. Amen. That, that, that I'm sure of. So one of my family members said, uh, Dad, you know, it's all good because Dad was a, a strong Catholic. And I said, no, Dad wasn't a strong Catholic. What Dad was was a weak Pentecostal. Amen. 
And that's enough. Amen? That's enough. That's enough to get to heaven. You can be the strongest Baptist. You can be the strongest Pentecostal. You can be the strongest anything you want to be. And we'll read about that too. But the truth is, uh, as strong as you might be in that religion... It's not going to get you to heaven. What's going to get you to heaven is believing. What's going to get you into the body of Christ where you can be a part of this helps ministry is believing. Believing that Jesus is the Lord of your life and then making him the Lord of your life. And I'm really, really, really tired of people saying, well, you know, I saw him in the bar the other night. He was drinking. He can't be saved. That's not true. That's, these are bondages. Drugs, alcohol, sexual sins, all these things, we got to quit picking on people. You know, they're hurting. You, Helps Ministry, you, Body of Christ, is who's going to help them up out of that. You guys. Me, right? I've ministered to, listen, alcoholic, drug addicted, uh, chasing women. There, I was the heathen of all heathens. I was on my way to be a divorce when I came to know Jesus. He, he, he fixed that, healed that, made that good again. But it was, I, I was uh, in intensive care when I got saved. It was either Jesus or death. The wages of sin is death. Amen, you read it, right? That's the, that's the doorstep I was on. I owe my, literally, my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I owe my eternity to the Lord Jesus Christ. But people will not get saved. They, they will go and burn in hell if we keep putting them there. We have to be very careful. Our job is not to judge and condemn. Our job is to counsel, to pray for, to lift up, to help, to sow, to do all the things that Jesus left us here to do, not to judge. So that's another job of Helps Ministry. I know I'm a little bit all over the place, but this Holy Ghost. Amen? You all right with that? Holy Ghost. Okay, where were we? Does anybody remember where we were? Because I don't. Okay, let's, uh, was it verse 10? Well, let's jump, let's, let, all right, let's go to 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. This is what we talked about. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts we think are less honorable uh, treat us with special honor. And the parts that are un Presentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body, God has, amen, and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So God's always been for the underdog. Did you ever notice that? Always been for the underdog. Uh, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern equal concern for each other. As I said earlier, my ministry is not just simply to minister to you all, oh, holier than thou, Gary, but it's also for you to minister to me. How many ever ministered to somebody and walked away with something yourself? By what they said to you, amen? What came back? I mean, it, it is an iron sharpens iron ministry, amen, as it should be. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one person in this church is hurting, then we all need to gather around them. Amen? You know, I mean, it would, when uh, Tom and John went to the hospital last Sunday, my first thought was, I've got to go see these guys. These are my guys, man. 
right? Amen. We, 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 need to, we need to jump on it. We need to make sure that who's hurting is going to be made okay. Sometimes those issues can be very, very complex and very, very serious. But I do know this. There's not one of them that God's body can't help people out of. Not one issue, not one thing that has ever happened. And God cannot do it and will not do it, by the way, will not do it without us. We are his hands, his feet, his ears, his eyes. Amen, we just read it. That's who we are. He cannot and will not do it without us or our faith. Amen. But there's not a problem that a person can have in this church that we can't resolve. In, in Jesus, amen. Not on our own, in Jesus. Okay, here's another very important part. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We really need to start celebrating our promotions. You know, when somebody's promoted in the church, we celebrate. We, you know, if you thought that you should have had that job, you didn't get it. So give it up quickly and rejoice and celebrate the fact at the person that did. Amen? Because we need that, that person. And God's decided that person is going to get put in place. God decided that. I don't decide that. We don't decide. I don't decide where God's going to put me. He decides that. Amen? i got a pretty good idea where he wants me. But he'll decide where I go and when I go there. Amen? And be careful what you ask for. Because, you know, there was a time I was a little more haughty and I liked to have some positions in the church that probably would have gotten me in more trouble than done me good. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right. We got we to let that pride thing, man, can get you in a lot of trouble. All right, uh, 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, and those having gifts of healing, those able to help, there's helps ministry, others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Look at the lineup. There's just a bunch of things right there that God needs us doing, amen? But the one that we're all called to is helps ministry. And the reason I know that is because of what the next scripture doesn't say. Not what it does say, but what it doesn't say. Let's read it and I'll show you what it doesn't say. Are all apostles, I'll let you answer these questions. Are all apostles? No. Nope. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. What it doesn't say there is are all helps. And the reason it doesn't say are all helps is because God doesn't have to ask that question. The answer is yes. We're all called to helps. Amen? Every one of us. God says the, first, the, the last will be first. Amen? Amen. Okay, so love. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Another very important uh, principle here. If I speak in tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So you can be the biggest hot shot in church you want to be, but if you don't have love, if love does not accompany it, it's, it's dead in the water. Dead on arrival. If I have the gift of prophecy and fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. It's going nowhere. People are not impressed with hotshots. They're not impressed with 
uh, you know, people that got it all. Listen, you know how many Bible scholars? I've met a lot of Bible scholars. They could, they could, I've had people throw me in the ditch with the Bible. You've had people throw you in the ditch with the Bible because it can be done. You know what's lacking from that? Love. It's going nowhere. Whenever that's been done to me, I walked out of the room going, offended, disappointed, you know, hopeless. You know, there's no hope in lack of love. Amen? If the, person that's, if the person that's carrying the message doesn't love you and doesn't care whether or not you do well, what good is it? Amen? So it's important. It's important that we, that we understand the importance of love. And, and love is what? God. Amen? Uh, now, let's, you can't find this in the Webster's Dictionary either, okay? Let's go to verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it, is, it keeps no records of wrongs, it keeps no records of wrongs, it keeps no records of wrongs. You know what we're the best at? Keeping records of wrongs. Wow, he once did, wow, that person was divorced, there's no way. There's no way they can be in the kingdom of God. Well, that person once used drugs. How can he be a part of the... Boy, would I be in trouble. That, you know, that person used to drink alcohol. Wow, there's just no way. It keeps no records of wrongs. I love that part of that love verse. Is that that is just half of the battle. If we can just forgive and, and let go of what people have done in their past or what people did today or what people may or may not do tomorrow. Amen? If we slip and mess up, gosh, don't, let's not throw one another away, okay? It is just, that's not what God meant for us to do. He is a God of grace. Yes. And you know what? There's a verse in the Bible that says that, um, that we're to love our wives as Jesus loves the church. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but man, that is a huge mandate. That is a huge mandate to love your wife the way that Jesus loves the church. Amen? We need to love people that have come from really, really rough places. We need to love people that have come from rough places, gotten better, and messed up again. Amen? Because they messed up again, do you think Jesus is going to throw them out? No. Guess what? If I, and God forbid, if I smoke a crack pipe tomorrow, God is not going to throw me out. And we need not throw each other out. Now we have a very, very serious issue here because Brother Gary smoked a crack pipe. Very serious issue. So we need to gather around him. We need to pray for him. We need to encourage him. We need to lift him up. We need to give him hope. We need to tell him, Gary, don't quit quitting. We need to say, Gary, maybe you should go to some meetings over here. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. But what we should not do is judge him because Jesus isn't. You know, and you can do the measurement of, of sin thing all you want. You know, I mean, he, he drank alcohol or he did drugs or, or, you know, somebody told a white lie. It's all the same. It's all the same. Amen. And, and it's all serious and it's all important. And it's all, it's all, all those fires are put out with love. And it all comes from the body of Christ. And it all comes in that form of love. Amen. Because without it, you're a resounding gong. As the, as the word says, amen. Okay, wow, what time have we got here? What, do we get a couple of minutes? 
Okay, let's go. I'm going to wrap it up, but let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Thanks for listening to me, guys. I, I got to tell you, I came here pretty, pretty nervous. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to start in verse 31. Now, let me, let me help you with when this takes place. This is after the tribulation. This is before the thousand-year reign. So I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to chronologically explain something to you. I'm trying to just simply... I want you to find the heart of God in this, okay? So, uh, uh, starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on the throne in heavenly glory. Uh, all the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another. The, sh- the sh- shepherd separates the sheep from the goats He will put the sheep on his right, and he will put the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed of my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom is prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Right there is the heart of God, okay? That is the heart of God. How, how many of you have done that lately? How many of you have fed the sick or, or fed the hungry and, and healed the sick and so on and so forth, amen? Let me help you with that because that, when, when this was taught to me, it brought great conviction. But you can, do, you can help people like this in an offering plate. You can help people like this by prayer. There's many, many ways that you have done all of this probably in the last month and don't even realize it, Amen? But that is the heart of God. He wants us to help people. He wants the body of Christ to look after itself. Amen? Uh, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply and tell you the, the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So when you minister to somebody that's down, somebody that's broken, somebody that needs your help, you're doing it under the Lord, amen? That's how he sees it. He cares about us so much. You know, I always say that I'm God's favorite child, but so are you. I mean, he is a God that's capable of that. I'm his favorite. And every one of you is his favorite. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, of the, uh, cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or stranger needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply and tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to enter eternal life. Now, that second part is not you guys, or you wouldn't even be sitting here today. Amen? But all I wanted to show you there is the heart of God. He wants us to care for one another. He wants us to preach this gospel. He wants these churches full of people. 
He wants order in this church. He wants us to have fun, by the way. He wants all of it to be fun. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Amen. What makes you happy is what makes me happy. What makes me happy is should be what makes you happy. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So the stronger we become in joy by edifying one another, lifting each other up, helping each other out. And there's so many, 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 many ways to do that. You know, somebody's hungry. Let's get them fed. Whether they be in the church or outside of the church, amen? Somebody somebody needs clothing. Let's get them some clothes. Somebody needs to be healed. Let's go to the hospital and lay hands on them and believe, 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 believe that they'll be healed. And they will, by the way. They will. God's word works. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ, we were healed. All we got to do is encourage people to receive it. Amen? That's the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this ministry is not done by pastors alone. It's not done by teachers alone. It's not done by apostles alone. It's done by the, mostly by the body of Christ. Amen? So I, that's why I came here today. That's what my message is. I want to encourage you, lift you up. I want, I want us to become the church that God meant us to be. Amen. It's all here. It's fun because when you read this thing, if you read the epistles, you can go all the way through it and you can't find a scripture in here that's not about the body of Christ. You cannot find a scripture in there that's not about helps ministry. And if you're teaching on healing, same thing. It doesn't matter. Every scripture lines up with something that you're dealing with. Amen. This is the book. This is the manual, folks. This, if we do what this word says... We're going to win, and are, by the way, winning, and especially here. I love this church. I love you people, and I know that you love me. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Let's stand, and I'll pray us out of here. Thanks for listening to me. I really, really appreciate it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your body. Not, not just the body that's in this church this morning, but the body universal, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that, that, that some good was done today by your Holy Spirit, that people got the revelation of the importance of functioning as a body. I pray the church universal gets this revelation, Father. I believe that the church is going to stand up strong in the future, Lord, that people are going to see us, that our witness is going to be powerful. Lord, I invite conviction to each and every one of us when we're in sin, when we miss it a little bit, that you would tweak us and bring us back, Father. I pray for those that are not doing well today, Father, that you would, you would point people in their direction and get them the help that they need. And I, and I thank you, Father, that those folks that you direct will hear you clearly. I praise your name. I pray for a visitation of the Holy Spirit on every one of us, Lord that you speak to our spirits, that you give us direction, that you show us what you'd have us do, Father, that you'd show us the call on our lives, uh, what some might see to be simple, what some might see to be complex, I see to be necessary. I thank you, Father. I praise your name. We just want to be all you made us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hang on, folks. Hang on. Um, I just have one last announcement. I was thinking I had another week, and I don't. 
the 12th, um, this week on the 12th, the uh, Community Action is doing a food drop here. So if you are in need of food, 9 o'clock, you just drive up and you can get food or you can pick up somebody, a neighbor that, can't, that needs food. Anyways, and thank you, um, Terry and Michelle had started this ministry and they have done it for over a year and they are passing the baton to Leanne. Thank you, Terry and Michelle. Yes, go ahead and give them a hand clap. Thank you for... 